Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Jonathan DeBurka Butler uh, joins us uh, once again to bring us stories from other parts of the world. Afternoon, Jonathan. Sean, how are you going? Uh, right, Israel. We're going to go to uh, first, and uh, con- uh, conscripts uh, have been banned. It, well, it, explain what the dynamic here, because it involves. Uh, uh, Palestinian pe- people too. Yeah, so so this is the story that female Israeli soldiers are to be banned from serving as high security prison guards. And this comes after allegations that uh, a female Israeli soldier has had sex with a Palestinian inmate. Uh, she seems to have had some sort of an affair. Now, she last week, <clears throat> she was arrested and she's been charged. And I believe the, uh, the the judge basically said to the media, OK, we're not giving you that many details. So we don't know the names of the people involved and we don't know where the prison itself was located. Right? Mm-hmm. But the suspicion is that she was a young woman who was doing part of her military service. Right. So everybody, most people over the age of 18 in Israel have to do them, have yeah. to do military service. And if you're a woman, it's for two years and for men, it's for two, uh, uh, 32 months, I believe. Right. So just under three. Um, and this uh, woman uh, appears to have had this some sort of an affair with this Palestinian man who's been convicted and sentenced to life for the killing of Israeli civilians. We don't know whether that was with a knife or with a bomb or whatever. We mm. don't know, right? He's been moved probably for his own protection from the wing of the prison that he was in to another part of it. And as I said, she has been suspended and she has been arrested. And when she was questioned, she claimed that there were four other women who had also had intimate relations with the same man. So this is a scandal that could get very big indeed. All right. So uh, Friday, the National Security Minister uh, basically announced that female soldiers would no longer serve in the high security prisons holding Palestinian, quote, terrorists. Uh, And that's going to be phased out uh, up to 2025, I think. Right. Had this been an issue before, having female uh, uh, guards in prisons? Yeah. So last year, um, there was an investigation ordered after a scandal at a jail in which it was alleged that Palestinian convicts had assaulted and raped female soldiers uh, serving as prison guards and that some senior prison officers had pimped out conscripts, apparently. Um, so this was already, you know, full blown scandal, if you, as you can imagine. And there was, uh, uh, you know, a repeated calls for the service of, of, of female Israeli soldiers uh, to be halted. Um, that was stopped because they didn't have the numbers. But now they're saying, OK, we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to wipe this out altogether. Right. It, it, have there ever been any reporting or is there any evidence of male Israeli guards having sex with female prisoners? No, prison. not that yeah. I. Sorry, not that I've seen. Uh, yeah. To be honest with you, there mi- it might well have happened, but not that I've seen. Yeah, right. Germany, we're going to go to next, and you know, you got to say, I think this person is unnamed, but uh, you, you you've got to salute their inventiveness, uh, uh, nonetheless. So yeah. they they worked in a museum full of valuable paintings. Yeah, re- relatively valuable paintings. So this is a story of a man in Munich, a thirty year old. He can't be named uh, for Germ because of German privacy laws, apparently, but he has been convicted to one year and nine months in prison. And he also has to pay back about 60,000 euros in damages as well, as far as I know. So this was a man uh, who worked in the Deutsche Museum in Munich. He stole four paintings from that particular museum and ended up selling three of them through various auction houses and bagging himself around about 85,000 euros, right? Okay. So the, the most significant painting that he sold, that he stole and sold was by a man called Fran, Franz von Stuck, uh, called The Fairy Tale of the Frog King. And this was a work 
that he basically uh, sold to a Swiss gallery through an auction house for about 70,000 euros. Now, uh, he got caught uh, because he had somehow managed to make a forgery of that particular painting, which was down in the basement of the museum, it should Mm. be said. He had put it in the forgery into the frame, okay, of the original, uh, but it was discovered by a provenance researcher who noticed that the painting was quite a clumsy copy. I'd love to hear that in German, (laughs) uh, despite being in the right frame. So this then, uh, an investigation ensued from that. They obviously did some sort of an inventory and they found three other paintings missing. They hadn't been replaced with copies, so the frame was just left. Empty. Empty was left behind. And so obviously this is how the, the gentleman in question was caught. But not before he had bought himself a new apartment some luxury watches and uh, was able to drive around in a Rolls Royce. Obviously, Munich, the cost of living crisis hasn't hit it there. No. For 82 indeed. grand, he did quite well for himself. And now, he, he seemed to have got a relatively mild sentence for for all of this. He did, yeah. As I said, it was just a year and nine months and the, the district court, the judge in the district court, gave a lenient sentence because of his, his lack of prior uh, convictions, his expressed regret and the fact that apparently the thefts took place several years ago. Now, he was employed between 2016 and 2018. So, uh, what, it's a good five or six years ago um, okay. between stealing the stuff and then... Um, actually five years to spend sent. all the money, yeah, uh, get himself indeed. a nice roller there. Yeah. They, they, uh, does he... Like, did he kind of justify his actions or explain why he was why he did all this stuff? No, uh, he 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 didn't at all. To be honest with you, in fact, when he you know he knew exactly what he was doing um, when he was asked by the auction house where he got the painting from, the the one by Franz von Stuck, mm. uh, he said it was from his grandparents. So he was lying <laughs> through his teeth. Uh, he knew exactly what he was up to, and he just wanted the cash. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Gavon, uh, we're going to go to you next, and uh, the wife of the ousted president they're charged with money laundering. Yeah, so this is the uh, Sylvia Bongo. She's half French, half uh, Gabonese, I assume it is. Uh, She was married to Ali Bongo, who was the president uh, for life of Gabon. He was one of those classic uh, dictators. So he actually took over from his father in 2009 and he, his father had been in place for 42 years and Ali Bongo himself then, whatever, 13, 14 years, right? And last August, at the end of August, you might remember, he won, inverted commas, an election, hands down. But the military and the opposition weren't particularly happy about that. They cried fraud and they basically decided to launch a coup and it was successful and it was quite popular. That's something that distinguishes it probably from some of the other coups that have been happening in the area uh, uh, recently, okay? So they got rid of him anyway. And as as I said, a new military dictatorship or whatever you want to call it has come into place. It's been headed up by General Brice Oligu Gema, uh, another fantastic name. And he said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to set up a new constitution. We'll put it to a referendum. We'll have free and fair elections, but we're not going to give you a time frame yet. And that's uh, a big qualification <laughs> yes. right there. So in the meantime, he's trying to clean up a country that is very well known for its corruption, right? Mm. Ali Bongo himself is worth about $4 billion, uh, right? Very lavish lifestyle. So is his son. He's been arrested and he's already been charged with corruption and embezzling public funds. But last Thursday, Sylvia Bongo, the wife, uh, has been charged and has been asked or told to remain under house arrest. Now, the various charges against her, money laundering, concealment and forgery are just three of the charges that have been levelled against her. And it's very interesting because while the family is set to go forward for trial, Ali Bongo himself 
is actually being allowed to roam around the country freely and even leave the country if he needs uh, medical treatment and the like. Oh, interesting. And it is very interesting. And I I basically think what they're trying to do here, the military government are trying to do, is they're basically saying, look, we had to get rid of the president because he was merely a puppet and we Mm. feel that the figures around him were manipulating him. You might remember a few years ago he had a stroke in 2018 and he spent 10 months in Belgium, I think it was. Mm. So when he came back... He wasn't in great shape and the feeling is, or at least the way that it's being portrayed by the military is, he's, he wasn't in his right frame of mind for the last couple of years. Up until now, he served the country well. Let's not rock the boat too much, but let's still blame other people for okay. corruption so that went on around kind of a Weekend at Bernie's type scenario they were <laughs> yeah, trying to construct. So, but, but presumably then they're doing that, they're being quite subtle about it because presumably he still has some support around Exactly, he yeah. would do. And so to bring them along, and, and there's even some members of his old cabinet who are, who are in the new cabinet. There is a mm. quasi-civilian government in place. Yeah. Uh, there's a civilian prime minister and the like. So, you know, they're, they're, they're playing it... In an int- I'm not going to say cleverly, uh, but they're playing it in very inter- yeah. interestingly. At least, and there's money there. There's oil there. There's huge amounts. Yeah. Huge amounts. It's um, it's a net oil exporter. I think it's the third or fourth richest economy in Africa. So there's Crikey. huge potential, but, you know, one in three people yeah. live below the poverty line there. Classic. Right, Sweden we're going to go to next, where a uh, bit of a problem with gang-related violence and they might have to call in the army. That's what they're looking at. Uh, this Friday, the Prime Minister, who's only been around for about a year, I'd say at this stage, Ulf Christerson, um, is calling in the head of the armed forces and the police chief uh, to talk about what's happening with gangs there at the minute, right? So we think of Sweden, Norway and Finland, all these places as kind of paradise on earth. Yeah. But they're having terrible problems with gang, uh, gangland problems of their own uh, at the minute. And in September alone, 12 people were killed in gang violence. And that's the highest number uh, for a good few years at this stage. I think there was two shootings just last week involving an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old. But I think there was um, an explosion Uh, which killed a 24-year-old woman while she was asleep in her bed. Uh, And she that that was, I think the explosion was meant to target her next door neighbour who was involved in crime. So this is really uh, rocked people, Mm. okay, and they're very upset about it. So the Swedish Prime Minister is taking these measures to see what the armed forces can do. Mm. Now, whether they'll be out patrolling the streets is another matter altogether. I think what will probably happen is they're going to be redeployed to stand outside Parliament instead of police so that the police can go off yes, you know, right. and be redeployed yeah. themselves so they can get to grips with this um, gang violence. But uh, we'll, we'll find out later in the week. Yeah, OK. Uh, right, Australia. Australia, where to go to uh, finally? And uh, uh, this is a man called Paul Iera. Is that his name? I think and, it's Paul uh, Iera. Yeah, Iera. And, and yeah, Paul's facing, Paul's in some trouble. Uh, uh, but maybe Paul's still too stupid to realise. Yeah, Paul's in trouble with the law and probably on the home front as well. To One imagines so, uh, yes. So Paul is from Wollongong, which is about 90 minutes south of Sydney uh, in New South Wales. And he came up with a plot uh, to spend New Year's Eve with another woman. This was 31st of December 2022. He sent a text message to his partner claiming to be from the kidnappers. And the text said that the imagined kidnappers would keep him until the morning. Now, presumably... He said, don't call the police. But of course, 
she knew, called the a police. Good partner. Yeah. She went ahead and yeah. called the police. And the police found him in his hometown, a place called Dapto, which is about 15 minutes away from where he was living, mm. uh, the following morning in the back of his own van. Uh, he tried to claim that he'd been kidnapped by these uh, Middle Eastern men uh, who, it, 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 it became increasingly apparent, didn't exist. And then a couple of weeks later, he was arrested himself. Now, he was arrested in January and he was charged initially with making false accusation with the intent to subject another person to investigation. And that can carry a seven-year prison sentence. Mm. Now, the fact that he's only been fined 16 grand, which is the wages that the police who the wages of the police that were looking yeah. for him, um, is is he's got off quite lightly. Um, mm. He's been given some community service as well. Um, so he's done OK, uh, but it's an expensive night out. Yeah. I, 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 and is is there any word where Paul lives now? One imagines it's still in the van. Well, well, a lawyer representing him said that, first of all, that he was pleased to have avoided jail time. But he said that his client has made tremendous rehabilitative progress since the offence and that he continues to enjoy the support of his family and partner wow. and wishes to move forward with his life. So a very wow. forgiving partner there. That's a very forgiving partner. Right, what should we uh, look out for over the next week or so, Yeah, a good few things coming up. Uh, Parliamentary elections in Luxembourg on the 8th of October. That's on Sunday. I don't think we've ever done a story about Luxembourg. Maybe we should start next week. Yeah, Uh, Even the fact they have elections on a Sunday is interesting. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The party conferences in the UK, of course, are running all this week. Uh, Rishi Sunak is going to give his speech on... Wednesday, so your your listeners will be glued to that, no mm. doubt. Uh, then the winner of this year's Nobel Peace Prize is announced on Friday uh, to round off what they call Nobel Week. And on the 6th of October, the Beckham Netflix documentary drops. So that's oh, something right. to look for. Which of those there. two events on Friday <laughs> is the more important? One wonders. Jonathan, thanks, thanks a million as ever. Jonathan DeBarca Butler there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.